All right, why don't you go ahead and pull up the chair? We'll get started here. There is uh, just a kind of a handout. It really, it's just more of a sheet for uh, taking notes on here. So um, uh, feel free to grab one of those. I think there's some pens that'll be floating around here soon too. So I'm going to go ahead and pray here, and we'll we'll jump into um, what we're going to talk about this morning. But again, I agree, agree with uh, Greg's thoughts here. Just uh, there's a lot going on in the world, a lot going on in our country, and I don't know about you, in our lives, and it's just good to be together, take some time just to uh, worship God and try to hear from Him this morning and go on our way a little more encouraged than we started off the day. So, uh, But anyways, we'll just pray and ask God to bless our time here. Well, Father in heaven, we, um, we do just thank you for for this day, Lord, we thank you for life today. We don't take for granted that we are alive and that we are here. Lord, we thank you that our, our lives are in your hands. Um, God, our, our times are appointed for us by you, and uh, yeah, we, that's a good place to be. And Lord, we want to hear from you this morning. We look to hear from you um, for each one of us this morning. God, there's things, a lot going on again in our world and we just ask for a moment that we could hear your voice, that we could respond. God, I pray that even as I just share some things you've been teaching me, that they would be encouraging, they would be challenging, they would um, be just all the same things that, that they've been as you've been teaching me as well. And so uh, just look to you and ask you to redeem our morning. Meet us here. We pray for this grace in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I was thinking about what to teach on here this morning, I... I uh, feel like there was a, I had an interaction just a couple weeks ago with my father-in-law that we were uh, traveling to Omaha for a wedding in Iowa and we were just sitting down talking one evening and he, he told me two questions that he likes to ask guys that he's discipling, people who, whom he's in their lives and, and he meets with them regularly and, and I've been chewing on those two questions and I thought well maybe I ought to you know, think about those as well, and pass them on to you as well. But um, the two questions are, they're real basic questions, but for any disciple, anyone who'd say, yeah, I'm trying to follow Jesus, these are probably two questions you, you ought to have an answer for. Um, and, and the first one is simply this, you know, they're not profound questions necessarily, but the first one is this, where have you been reading lately? Where in the Bible have you been reading lately? My question to you. Where have you been reading lately in the Bible? And uh, if you don't have an answer, I encourage you to get one. If your answer is the same as it has been for a number of weeks and months, I encourage you to flip the page or something like that. Um, Get a one-year Bible. But where have you been reading lately? That's the first step. That's just to get kind of in the battle, if you will. The second question is this. What has God been calling you to obey as you've been reading? What have you been reading that... Uh, you're connecting with God, it's engaging with your life, you're obeying, or, or you're learning, or you're responding. So where have you been reading in the Bible, and, and what has God been calling you to obey? Because if you come away from the Bible and you're not obeying it, you're not applying it, um, there's a lot of warnings about how that's, uh, you know, it's useless. It's like looking in a mirror and going away and forgetting what you just saw. Another place that even says that it would lead to deception, that you're reading, maybe gaining knowledge, and there's a deception because you're not applying it to your life. So, so you know, for my answer to that question, it might be similar to some of you guys. Uh, where have I been reading? Well, wherever the one your Bible tells me to read is, is one of the places I've been reading. But that, as you know, if you're reading the one your Bible has, in the New Testament, it's the book of Acts. 
And Old Testament, it's uh, cranking through the Kings there. I think we're in Second Kings right now. Yeah, Psalm, Psalm 140-something as we roll. But, um, but anyways, as I've been reading in Acts and, and trying to answer the question, what has God been calling me to obey? Really, um, I, you know, I was just trying to, to see, well, what theme is there? What is God teaching me? But one of the things that I think God's really calling me to obey, it has to do with basically just having a more accurate view of who God is. God is calling me to relate to him in line with who he actually is. And you, know, and you might go, well, that's pretty straightforward. We're supposed to relate to God like he is. But really, I think God's been calling me to, in having a more, an accurate view of him, it's to have a bigger view of who he actually is. And I've been extremely challenged by reading through the book of Acts and kind of asking the question, as I read this, as I see how God interacted with these human beings, these first disciples, how is what I'm reading the same or different than my current experience? Is it the case that I read this and I see this And then somehow I'm just disconnected and I live in a totally different world, a different relationship with God. And there's things that I've been seeing recorded in the book of Acts that uh, maybe are a little different than my experience. And I've been asking questions, why is that? And I want to pass those questions on to you. We can wrestle with them together here. So, um, but... um, and some of these, you know, I, I was looking for a framework for this. Well, the book of Acts, you know, we could use that, just all 28 chapters of it or whatever. But uh, no, we're just going to use Acts 4 has some, some framework that I think relates to a lot of the book of Acts, that, that at least as it relates to what I'm learning. So um, anyways, though, the, the first, I'm going to give you really a series of questions, a series of verses here. Acts um, 24, you might know the context, but... Peter and John had been uh, instructed by the authorities to stop preaching about Jesus. Stop using the name of Jesus. Talk about whatever you want. Just, just leave him out of it. And, and they had different things where they had been uh, persecuted by their local uh, authorities because of their actions there. And in this passage here, and if you have a Bible, you can sure um, turn there with me. We'll, we'll refer to it. It's in a couple of these slides here as well. But Acts chapter 4 um, and I'm just going to read some of that to set the context here. But um, uh, Acts 4.18, I'll give you, and, and then we'll get to 24 here. But it just says, um, and they called them in again, talking about um, the, the leaders called in, Peter and John. And they said, they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. We cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. And then after further threats, they let them go. And then it goes on to say, on the release, um, verse 23 here, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And um, really, the, the first thing I want us to get us thinking about here is, when it comes to your view of God and having an accurate view of God, one question we have to ask, one question I've been asking myself is, how, how frequently am I praying? I can say I have a big view of God. I can say I believe God is real in response to prayer. But at um, some point, you know, a practical question is, well, then how, how often am I praying? And... You know, the context here, they're praying about something really big. They, they're in prison. They're told you can't speak about Jesus. And they say, hey, if I have to choose between obeying God or obeying men, 
uh, I'm going to choose obeying God. And then they went on, but in that context, they, they prayed. They, they had this they all prayed and they brought this big prayer request to God. God, consider this opposition, consider these threats, and they went on to pray. And obviously, we're, we're living in times here, and we're not going to get into great detail this morning about it. I want to kind of maybe set the stage for next week. We're going to talk about, some of you heard the Supreme Court's uh, ruling last week on some things that relate to, to churches and to marriage, and, and some of them might even begin relating to to your life and mine, but um, really, really big things going on in our nation, and I think there's going to be some things we need to pray about, and some things that we need to come together to God and say, God, um, help guide our, protect our nation. You, you promise, you know, when a, a country or a nation is not following you, or they're not in line with your values or vision or will, that judgment comes and there's a pattern that the Bible's real clear on and we need to pray for our nation we need to pray for our churches and the ramifications we need to be praying for wisdom on what to do in our own lives and in some ways we're going to talk about that more next week um, and I encourage you to there's a lot of things going on in the media going on in Facebook um, one proverb just even in, in my quiet time this morning something to think about here Proverbs 18:2 that just says this it says fools have no understand no interest in understanding they only want to air their own opinions. You know, right now in this country, besides a big giant ruling that came down and has ramifications, there are a ton of people and there are a ton of Christians that are just airing their own opinions. And many of them are just emotional responses. Many of them are just uh, splash back to the hype and the media and all those different things. And there's a lot of opinion going on. And I hope that you and I would not be described this way. Because God said, fools, they have no interest in understanding. Um, they only want to air their own opinions. And that applies to this situation. That applies to life in general. So we must be careful about just venting our own opinions. I'd encourage everyone here to be asking over the course of this next week, God, what are your thoughts on this matter? And how does that relate to, to me and to my church, and to our nation. And next week, we're going to compare notes on that. But please be careful of venting your own opinions in the emotion of it all without maybe being in line or understanding God's thoughts on the matter. Because I believe he has some very clear ones that, that we need to understand and then figure out how to live those out. But, but anyways... Um, they were praying. I think it's not uncommon to pray about big things. When we have big things happen in our lives, when your son is going to urgent care for stitches, you pray. When you're trying to buy or sell a house, you pray. When you know, you're trying to decide uh, you know, who to marry or different things like that, um, you pray. There, there's, we, we pray for big things. That's not uncommon. Um, but you know, the other question is, uh, do we pray for... For other things, big things that make sense. They prayed right here for this giant situation, this cultural tension that they were in. Uh, we pray for things like that. But, but how frequently do we pray for daily things? One of the challenging you know, uh, examples that I'm coming away with from Acts is that they prayed all, a lot. They prayed all the time. They did pray for big things like in Acts chapter 4. But they prayed for little things. Uh, Acts 1.14 says they met together constantly for prayer. Acts 2.42 says they were devoted to prayer. Um, there's other places where they talk about having an hour of prayer. There's a daily hour of prayer. You know, Peter and John are on the way to the hour of prayer, and, and they heal someone on the way. Uh, other place, uh, in the city of Philippi, they went outside of the city to find a place for prayer. 
They met Lydia. She got saved. A whole bunch of things happened. But in Acts, they prayed all the time. And, and so, as it relates to our view of God, I think whether you know it or not, if I ask you, how do you think God really responds to prayer? How many of you would say yes? Yeah? Good. I hope you would all say yes, because it's true. Um, God really does respond to prayer. But when... When you look at the practicals and you go, okay, so you know that, now how regularly do you pray? Um, what do you, what'd you pray about today? Is it possible that um, you have things, you know, if we're not praying regularly, it, it either means one of two things. Either we don't think God responds to prayer, or if we do think God responds to prayer, which you just are, are now guilty of, I mean, you, you all agreed with, um, uh, then it also means that if we're not praying, that it means we're going about our days attempting things that can be done without the help of God. We're doing things in our day-to-day agenda that don't require God's help. And, you know, you might say, well, I need God's help all the time. Great. Let's look at what you prayed for today, because that's what you really asked for God's help on. And I've been challenged by going, yeah, I know God answers prayer. I know I need his help. I need his grace. And yet, if you look at the list of things I ask for help on on a day-to-day basis, it's, that list is, is a little more convicting than what I sign up for theologically here. And I'd encourage you to go, are, are you really needing God's help in your day? And do you believe your response to prayer? Then I think when we step out of here, we ought to make sure that somehow our, our prayers would reflect what we say we believe. That's just one thing. These, the disciples, they were praying all the time. And I think it's because they had big things they wanted God to engage in. And they had day-to-day things they wanted to engage God's help in. They were doing pretty big things. If, if you don't need God's help in day-to-day activities, you know, I, I just think that says a lot. You know, maybe there's bigger things that we need to engage with or look that over. So anyways, that's one thing to be thinking about. There. They were a great example. Am I attempting anything today that's going to need God's help? And if so, it, hopefully it shows itself through prayer. The next thing is, um, we want to talk about here is just um, when it comes to, to prayer, um, who have you been praying to? Pretty simple question, maybe. Kind of like, well, duh. Um, well, let's look, at, uh, let's look at who these guys were praying to, at least in Acts chapter 4 here, when they are in the middle of this challenging times and there's uh, this tension in, in their city. Let's look who they prayed to here. And you would see um, in verse, we have this here in verse 24. I've got that in 24b. Um, 24a was the first sentence of this verse. And b is the second sentence. But it says this, Sovereign Lord, they said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit. And they, they went on to say there, but... One of the things that just stood out to me is that when they prayed, they prayed to the sovereign Lord, the Lord that's in control of the entire universe. They prayed to the creator of heaven, of earth, of the skies, of the sea. They prayed to the one who made it all. They prayed to the one who was sovereign in control over it all. And that's who they addressed when they began to pray. And, you know, so I think the question for you and I becomes who... Who have you been praying to lately? You know, I hope it's not some false god or or some god of the Old Testament. I don't think that's the case. But sometimes I I think, even as I evaluate myself, I pray to God. 
And it's the God who, you know, the God who basically hears my complaints when I get around to complaining to him. It's the God of complaints, you know, or it's the God of, uh, sometimes I think God can be this philosophical God. Well, we know God exists because something didn't come for nothing. We know that the Big Bang doesn't create morality, personality, complexity like we see. So there's a God out there. We pray to God, a philosophical God, or sometimes even we pray to Jesus. But I'm afraid sometimes it's the historical Jesus, the Jesus who once lived, the Jesus who once did things like this, the Jesus who apparently is not alive and active in our world today, just judging by my prayers and, and maybe by yours. And so, but, but these guys were praying to the Lord of heaven and earth and, and they asked him for, and we'll talk about that. In the one-year Bible here, you might have seen this as well. We're reading through some of the prophets, Elijah and Elisha. And I'm just struck by when they prayed, things happened. They prayed uh, and big things happened. Um, there were famines and then rain happened and there were miracles that happened. And, you know, even in the New Testament, James refers back to Elijah and he says, you know what? Elijah was just like you and just like you. And Elijah was just like you and God answered his prayers. Um, and, and sometimes we can go, well, that was the Old Testament God who does miracles and things like that. And I've got the New Testament God who's a little bit more toned down. He doesn't need to act like that nowadays because we, you know, we got it all in a book. Um, but, but I wonder if there's something that, when I read the book of Acts, the God they interacted with seems like a bigger God than the one I'm interacting with, as seen through my prayers. And, um, but I, I'd ask you to, to check yourself. Who have you been praying to lately? Um, I love this verse here in Elisha when Elisha says, hey, Elijah, I'm tagging along here and, and I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah says, you know, if, if you see God take me, that prayer will be answered. And then Elisha, Elijah gets taken up by the chariots of fire and his, his cloak is left behind and Elisha picks it up and he walks to the river and he slaps the river and he says, says this, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And, and the river parted, and he walked on. And the answer was, the God of Elijah, who did wild and radical things, is right with you now, Elisha. But I think this is a good question for you and I to ask. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? The God, it, where now is he? Is that not the same God you pray to and I pray to? Where now is that God? And uh, do we believe that God still can intervene in this world in supernatural ways like the God of Elijah did, the God of these first century disciples did. Um, do you believe that? Do you believe God can still work like that, brothers and sisters? I want to ask you that question. I don't know if I have that on there. Is the next up? Oh, there you go. Um, and I hope we would say, yes, I believe God can still do supernatural miracles in this natural universe and this natural world in which we live. But again, if you believe that God can do that, you know the way it shows itself? What have you been asking God for? Is it anything that's in line with what you say you believe? And what I say I believe Again, these are all challenging questions. I, I just want you to, to be thinking and maybe let God work on your heart and your view of God, which really comes down, your view of God is really your faith. Who do you believe God really is? And I think God's wanting to grow my view and have that expressed in faith-filled prayers. But um, uh, the way we know if we believe in a God who does the supernatural thing is 
uh, does supernatural things is if we're asking him to show up in ways like that. Um, what have you been asking him for? As we look at this verse here with, with the disciples, um, you know, sometimes I just go, well, that's just the way God, God just did things for them because they were the first century guys. They didn't have the Bible. They were the first apostles and God just did these wild things. But you know what I read when I go through the book of Acts? I read that men and women, a lot like you and I, they ask God for some things that are probably bigger than what we're asking God for. I think they might have asked with bigger faith, but right here, here's one of the snapshots of that. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. You know, do you think those guys were all just naturally really bold and they just really stepped into these uh, public situations with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, opposition and they just walked into them because that's what Peter normally did? Well, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Gospels say about the Peter I read about, about who's probably a lot like me, a lot like you. But they asked God to do some really big things. And he goes on to say, God, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know, they asked God to, God, we're going to be out there. We, we want to share the gospel with power. And, and we want you to show up and back it in a way that only you can. It's your message. It's your son's name here. Could you show up and back it in a way like no one else can in a supernatural way is what they're asking here. And, and they asked for that. And, um, and guess, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about how, how God responded to that. But, um, I, you know, I think in many ways there's a question that comes with that. Do you believe God still acts supernaturally even so much that you would pray for it? Um, I've had this discussion with others before about this question here. Um, you know, sometimes it's Ask, well, is God still working supernaturally in our midst today? And sometimes an answer is, and I would agree with the answer that says, yeah, God is still changing lives. When a life changes, when someone goes from doing their own thing, a selfish thing, to doing God's thing, and, uh, you know, life change is a supernatural deal. Can I get an amen? Amen. And God is doing some life change in this room and in this church. And we could call out names and stories and, and God is moving. Is that supernatural activity? I believe so. Because what would happen naturally? People are naturally selfish, self-oriented, not God-oriented, not uh, Christ-like. And, but when that change goes from one extreme to the other, it's a supernatural work of God. But... I think the, the question becomes, is that the only supernatural things that God's doing on the planet now? Because again, when I read the book of Acts, guess what? I see God doing things, whether it's opening eyes or blinding eyes or setting people free from demons or healing or, or doing all sorts of things. And guess what else is happening? Lives are changing. You know, I, I love this verse and um, it's Acts chapter 8 here, but... Philip was off preaching uh, about Jesus, and it says this, you know, um, now Philip, uh, let's see, Acts eight twelve here, says, but now the people believed Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, and as a result, many men and women were baptized. It goes on to talk about this sorcerer guy that was doing his own thing, and he turned and was baptized, and you know what, guys? Lives were changing back in the first century. Many, many lives were, when 3,000 people turned to Christ, 
3,000 lives got radically changed. And I think sometimes we, we would say, well, supernatural thing is someone's life changed here. God's working. Well, what I read and what I wonder about, it may be a more accurate view of God, is God can still do supernatural things to get people's attention. And God can use that to change many lives. The God I read about in the Bible does both of those and has my view shrunk to be like, you know what, God changes lives. He doesn't do in these crazy out-of-the-box out of ideas here because that's just not the way God works in this day and age. And, and I, I wonder, have I put God in a box? Have you put God in a box? I think of Jesus' words in um, Matthew 9, 28, where he just asked these guys that want to be healed from being blind. He said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And that question is one that haunts me. Um, and, and when you think of God intervening supernaturally in people's lives, he would ask you, do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe I'm able to do something that's beyond what normally would occur, what would naturally occur? And, and I go inside me, I go, yes, I believe. But then do I go, am I asking for that? Or am I seeing results like that in my prayers? Um, I don't know. Those are things I'm wrestling with here. Now, the other thing that I noticed that it's tied together in this verse here is that they asked for God to stretch out his hands and do things that only God could do. And they asked for, to be able to share the gospel in the middle of it. They didn't ask for one or the other. I think nowadays, if, if you and I showed up with some gift of miracles or healings, um, or some guy in some other church did, I'm, I'm pretty sure there'd be a temptation to go, wow, God is supernatural. He heals people. I'm going to write a book on how to grow your church, your church through the miracle of healing. I'm going to sell millions of copies. I'm going to be on the New York Times bestseller. And my life and marriage will probably tank shortly after that because it was way beyond where my character, character could handle. But, you know, uh, if we had that gift of healing, I think we'd be tempted to kind of start our own doctrine and start our own whatever the disciples, you know what they did? They asked God, God, we're going to be sharing the gospel about the name of Jesus Christ. And would you show up and back it in ways that only you can? And, and he did. But I wonder if he wants us to be praying to the same God that they had here. And trying to see God intervene and have gospel opportunities and see changed lives. And you know, I... I would encourage you to join me. God, if I'm, if I'm missing something here, could you open my eyes? God, if my view is too small and I've put you in a box, would, would you broaden that? When Jesus asked those guys, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. And the next sentence he says, according to your faith, it'll be done to you. And, and I, I wonder if Jesus says, hey, you guys don't think I can do that? According to your faith, it'll be done for you. You're seeing exactly what you, you believe I could do. And I wonder if he wants to... Help us get a bigger view, a more accurate view. And so you might just join me. God, would you do some supernatural things to get people's attention with the gospel? Would you use me? Would you do something? And you know, there's a few stories that I think are already going on in our world. There's a story that we might have a guy share sometime here that God, I think, supernatural intervened, supernaturally intervened in his life this past year. And the result was he wanted to turn to Jesus Christ to get baptized and begin following him. And his life has been radically changed. And yet there was a very real supernatural side of it that um, I think God did both. And, and he's a part of this church here today. And um, I was just praying earlier this week on this subject. God, do you still do, you still do things like this? And, and would you show me something if I'm missing it? You know, and I thought it was interesting. One of the very days I prayed that, thinking about some of this, I got a call later that day 
some gal just called. I think she was calling. She had Googled churches or something on a website. And she called and, and uh, she just starts talking to me, kind of like I know her, which I, I didn't at all. But one of the first questions out of her mouth was, so, you know, she was like, well, you know, are you a pastor or whatever? She's like, do you, pastor, do you think I'm going to hell? And I'm kind of like, uh, you know, is this call being recorded for quality purposes? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, it was kind of like a loaded question. And then she, she asked another follow-on question. Do you, do you think that I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, oh, you know, I try to just be like, wow, how do I redirect and uh, whatever on the question here. But, you know, I just kind of tried to draw out, well, why are you asking this? Where does this come from? And, and she had wondered that maybe there's some, I think, some people, some family members and others who just planted some seeds with her that she'd been blaspheming, resisting the Holy Spirit. And I just tried to talk her through, well, you know, as I understand that, when it talks about one who blasphemes the Holy Spirit, um, it's the unforgivable sin. I say, I understand that to be one who resists the work of the Holy Spirit for their entire life. And, And the Holy Spirit is working to testify about Jesus and glorify Jesus and bring people to faith in Jesus. And if you resist the work of the Holy Spirit, um, your entire life and you die, that's the only way I, I understand that you could be unforgiven. And, and I was talking to her like that and um, she just was asking all these questions and, you know, I prayed for her. We let the phone conversation go. A couple days later, I was like, you know, well, she said that she had a dream that at one point she saw Jesus returning and reaching down from the clouds and taking people back to be with him. And she said, and in that dream, he did not take me and he did not take my neighbor And she said she had that dream years ago, and it just kind of made her think about it. She said more recently she had a vision, um, I don't know, at her house or something, of of hell. And this picture of hell and what it would be like. And she just said, I don't want to go there. And I don't want to be not chosen by Jesus. And have I done something wrong? And again, uh, I called her back a couple days later just to kind of talk through that and shared the gospel with her again. And by the time we were done, she's like, you know, what should I do? And I told her about, you know, it's not about rejecting Christ. It's about accepting him that you need to focus on here. And she said, well, I, I, think, uh, I think I'm just going to go to my church tonight, Wednesday night. I'm going to go up to the altar when they, they ask people to come up. And I'm going to give my life to Christ. And I said, that sounds like a great idea. And I want to follow her up and you know, see, see how that went. But to me, uh, I, I think God wants to work supernaturally in ways that promote the name of Jesus Christ and the gospel and lead to radically changed lives. And, and I wonder if that's... And I wonder if that's what God wants us to be looking to him for as well. That's what these guys did, and it seemed to respond. So, you know, the last thing we just want to talk about here is, so, you know, how frequently are we we praying? Do we think God is really real, that he really responds? Uh, What God are we praying to? And if it's a God of the supernatural, the God of Elijah, the God of Peter, the God of Paul, well, then what are we asking him for? And then the last question is is just this... um, if we believe all of that, what results are we getting? The way you can tell what you believe and what I believe is, is by the results that happen, by how God responds to our prayers. And I love, again, this in Acts chapter 4, verse 31 here. It just says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And they went out from there and, and they, can, they did things where God intervened miraculously and they shared the gospel and there were powerful results and that's all throughout the book of Acts. But here, you know, I just can't even imagine a, uh, what, an earthquake happened or something like that. I mean, if you're in 
Northern California or something, I go, maybe that makes sense, that you get time to your prayer meeting the wrong time or something. But um, uh, God responded. God, God uh, was, he was, uh, what would you say, they invoked God's response, supernatural response in our natural world. And, and, I, and I think we need to check, you know, what's going on in our world, in our church, in our lives. And, you know, check the results and then go back and kind of say, well, well, do I really believe God responds? And, and what God am I talking about? How big is the God I'm praying to? And am I asking him for things that only God can do? And then check the results again. And, you know, I was reminded of the old quote from Winston Churchill, you know, no matter how beautiful the strategy, occasionally you must stop and, and check the results. Uh, we've got a lot of beautiful theologies, but occasionally we've got to check and see what's happening because of how big I believe God is. Um, and so... Anyways, as, as we go here, we just want to, I encourage you guys, we're going to talk again more about this next week. We need to have, to have some special prayers for our nation and some of the things that we're facing and things that are ahead of us. Again, I encourage you to be asking God, God, give me wisdom, give me your thoughts over this next week. There's going to be a lot of talk shows, talking heads, liberal, conservative, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, you know, a lot of people talking. You just want to make sure... Maybe you're not one of them that's talking beyond uh, what God would think about the subject and, and it, seek understanding. And next week, we're going to talk about that a little more. Um, and then, uh, you know, let's see, we got time. We're going to, we might even use this next week as well. I've been working on just, uh, when it comes to sharing the gospel, um, just, uh, we have a presentation we've used before here, just five eternal truths. Uh, and um, we... Uh, I think we'll even use that again here next week. But it's a, it's a way to share the gospel in five minutes. Five minutes or less. The outreach diagram is a very thorough presentation. And sometimes it's taken me five hours to share that. Uh, and it's got good results. Uh, but, you know, I wonder if between our, uh, our gospel tracks and some other tools here that, that we would be getting out with, with the gospel more often. You know, when they were facing the troubles back, back then in Jerusalem... Their focus wasn't the troubles, and I'm going to overturn or, or uh, kind of do civil unrest against my government. They, they just said, hey, look, i got to report to God, and, and if I had to choose between the two, I, I choose God. But their focus, was, um, their focus was about getting the gospel of Jesus Christ out. And if you have a focus that's about something else in these turbulent times, I, I encourage you to, to revisit and see the example that was set for us. They, they had a focus because they had a real clear mission that Jesus gave them, that he gave us. Uh, we want to make sure we, we keep that in focus. And, and yeah, there's some crazy things going on. And, and we don't also want to be like the ostrich that sticks their head in the sand and we don't engage at all. I think there's some things God would have us engage on. I encourage you to be praying, you know, for uh, God to lead us as a church. And we're going to be talking about this as pastors this week as well. And so anyways, we'll, we'll meet back here next week uh, to, to talk a little more about that. But Anyways, let's go ahead and close in prayer here and, and just ask God to help us have a more accurate, a bigger view of him and, and see what happens from there. Well, Lord Jesus, um, we just look to you here. God, I, I feel very challenged by these things you're teaching me. God, I pray each one of us would be challenged by the example we see recorded in the book of Acts. Uh, they were acts of the Holy Spirit. Many would say, God, they're your acts in this world, and, and yet many of them were invoked by men and women a lot like us who prayed to you, and who asked you to intervene in big ways, and, 
and they saw you intervene and change lives and do miraculous things. And, and God, we just want to have more of you, more of who you really are. Lord, if we have boxes that we've put you in based on our doctrines or our experience or our upbringing, God, please break out of our boxes and help us to see you for who you really are. God, we ask you to unleash yourself on each one of us and on this church to do all the things that are on your heart to do, God. And um, God, where we need to bring our thoughts and our faith in line with you, please help us in that. But we just ask you to be glorified. We ask the gospel would go out to many and many would believe and many lives would be changed. Many disciples would be made. We ask for all of this together in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.